Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Marisa O'Grady Kessner. She's the founder of Grounding Source. She helps high achieving women heal their burnout with digital detox and empowers them to be the leaders they want to be. Marissa, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Thank you. I'm super excited. I'm excited to talk about what you do. It's so fascinating. So, how did you become a coach and start Grounding Source? It's so funny. This is a question you obviously get often. And it's so interesting to me because becoming the coach became secondary to starting my business. Grounding Source was really this cultivation and this bringing together of all of my passions. Like I love wilderness. I love being outside. I love interacting with other people and I love helping them. I have a background working within clinical therapy in the wilderness. So specifically, there's a bunch of companies out here in Southern Utah And I worked under some of like the best therapists that I've ever been in contact with. So within all of that, I then learned a ton about how creating intentional experiences in the wilderness is life-changing. It is incredibly impactful and it does something that we can't explain. I was working the majority of the time with kids who are struggling with like way bigger things. And these solo experiences were like so powerful. And I was like, huh, I got to a point where I didn't want to do that job anymore. I didn't want to leave the town that I live in. And the town that I live in didn't have a lot of good job prospects. So I was in this limbo and I was like, well, what do I do? And out of complete ignorance, I started grounding source. I was like, I am going to create a wilderness solo experience, an event for business professionals. Or the regular person, the person who maybe doesn't have the ability to take an entire month off to go into the wilderness, just making it really accessible for people. And I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about sales. I didn't even know I was going to have to sell this. And I think my ignorance is truly the thing that like got me to start my business. Because if I had known how crazy and hard it was, like... (laughs) Probably wouldn't have done it. (laughs) Right? It isn't easy at all. So going through your journey now, what are you grateful for? I am so grateful, one, for the wilderness, for nature, for where I live. I live in Southern Utah with really, really accessible public land. So I can go out on a walk or on a hike really far away from people super easily, like literally outside my door, like a mile away is a bunch of public land that I can just walk my dog on and I'm not going to see anybody else. And nature is just so healing to me. And it helps me with my anxiety and my stress. I think like the more cheesy thing that I'm grateful for is like my dog and my husband. Like my husband is also an entrepreneur. He's also like has his own business and he's been doing it longer than me. So being in relation to him has given me a lot of confidence and a lot of support. Because anybody who's been in business or started their own business knows like there's days that you like break down crying and you feel like the world is ending and that nobody's ever going to buy your product again and that you made the worst choice in the world. And it's terrifying. And I don't think I've met a single entrepreneur who hasn't felt like that at some point in time. And he is so supportive in helping me through that. 
and like helping me like get grounded again. <laughs> he even pulls the thing. He's like, what would you tell your clients right now? And I'm like, God, I know I need to do all the things that I tell people to do, but I'm struggling right now. That's why I relate so much to my clients because it's like, I don't pretend to know it all. I don't pretend to have the answers. I don't think any one person has the answer, but we're all just trying to learn wellness and learn how to walk through life and move through the cycles of stress quicker and with it being less like intoxicating, I think is a nice way to say it. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely identify with that a lot. You know, I think that the more that I find that I can get myself centered and get out of anxiety, the better, but I'll tell you as an entrepreneur, because everything's reliant on you, right? Mm -hmm. It isn't easy, especially when, you know, maybe you're first starting out or whatever it may be. It's not easy. And I think that it's very easy to panic and it's very easy to freak out and have those moments, even mm -hmm. if you are 100% doing exactly what you need to be doing. Yeah. And it's also funny. It's like, we get into this world where like, I have to work more, like I need to do more work and that's going to fix it. When almost every single time for me, this is what I coach is when you get to that point, stop, walk away, go outside, go move your body, get into nature. Because literally almost every time that I've been freaking out about something, I go get out of cell phone service. I mean, it only takes like five minutes for me to get out of cell phone service. So it's not very hard, but I go leave my phone, go on a hike, go climbing, do something. And I come back into service and the client has texted me back and they're ready to sign up or a new connection is signing up or somebody like comes, they message me. They're like, I'm super interested in your next event. It's like, I was just freaking out. And now I just, de-stressed and did something for me I put myself first and everything else just falls into line and that happens not only with me but with a lot of other like all of my other clients it's just amazing how effective it is to just let go a little bit yeah you really do because at the end of the day if you have a proven strategy that's working for you that's all you need mm -hmm. so yeah and the rest is definitely mindset so let's talk about digital detoxing from your program's perspective? So it looks a couple of different ways based on how you're interacting with my program. So on the three-day event that's out here in Southern Utah, it's a full digital detox. And what that means is everybody comes up, they meet me at my house and we have breakfast and we have opening ceremony. And during that opening ceremony, we talk about how do we look not in relation to our phones? because our phones and our technology, we think about everything in relation to that. Even it's like, am I really? It's like, yes. Like I'm thinking about like, even how to check the weather. I need to make a list on my phone. We do everything in relation to technology. So we completely leave it all here. Nobody brings a phone. I bring, and the, there's two other people that run the event. We bring our technology out for safety things. We're not digital detoxing, but all of the clients leave their phones, leave their computers, leave their watches. There's not even any watches out there. And we just let it be. And with that, our brains have time to heal. So I also have an online program. And within that, I encourage a digital detox for like 30 minutes, 60 minutes every day. And what that can look like is intentionally going on a walk without your phone means going for a run without your headphones in, 
going and reading a book without your phone, without your computer. It's a really simple process, but it's not easy, especially because all of our technology is literally designed for us to be addicted to it. A lot of my friends actually are less addicted to their phones because, but I have like a lot of really wildernessy people in my life. Like everybody's like always out of cell phone service and we like, it's a very different lifestyle than a lot of folks live. <laughs> but most of us are just like addicted to our phones and it's yeah. really hard to not be especially because it's our main means of communication and dopamine hit. Like it's a really good way to feel in theory, less stress when in reality, using our technology increases our stress. Yeah, definitely. I've noticed as well, being a digital marketer, I have to be on all the platforms, know the latest and greatest of everything. And my eyesight, I started wearing glasses because of my use of once I became a digital marketer, because I'm on my phone so much. It definitely affects you in so many ways. So why is it important to be in nature and how does that restore women that come on your program? Nature is just such a superpower. I'm going to go into like a little bit of a spiel, but hang in there. So there's this thing that all of us use every single part of the day, and it's called our directed attention and our directed attention. Think about it like a cup. And as you're drinking this cup, as you're using your directed attention, it's not replenishing unless you replenish it. So you're just wearing it down throughout the day. Things that we use our directed attention for is being on our computers, writing an email, trying not to get hit by a car when you're walking down the street, keeping your attention focused on driving and not the flashing billboard and not the phone that's dinging and not the jerk that's flicking you off because you almost cut them off. Like you're using your attention to really bring it back in and focus on what we're doing. And we all know what this feels like, you know, like at two o'clock in the afternoon when you're exhausted and it's taking you like entire hour to write an email that should only take you 10 minutes. Like, have you experienced that before? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we think that like, if I just power through and drink another cup of coffee, this is going to fix it. I'm suddenly going to be inspired and have everything I need. Um, But what's actually happening is there's this part of our brains that is just simply exhausted, especially with the fact that our technology And our brains have not evolved at similar levels. Like our brains and our bodies are not ready for all of the technology that we throw at them. And they need to be replenished and taken care of in a different way. So one of the most effective ways to replenish our directed attention is to go on a walk in nature for one hour. And the difference is things that we're using our directed attention for are taking our attention aggressively. They're like asking us to go from here to there to there. Like that's really hard for our brains to do. Even though like we're at this point, we're good at it. Like we don't notice that we're using it, but we are. As opposed to, if you can think about like watching a sunset, there's even one right behind me with a horse. If you look at a sunset, it captures your attention, but it does it really modestly. Like you want to pay attention to a sunset. You're like, you ever been driving all of a sudden you like the sun starts setting next to you and you're like, whew. And it just like takes your attention, but it's a really soft and gentle way that is super replenishing for our brains. And that allows your directed attention to just go up a level. Sleep is also one of the best ways to replenish your directed attention, which likely are doing every night. Most people, when you have sleep problems, you really struggle with being able to complete tasks and like get a lot of things done. And then meditation is one of the other ways to do it. Meditating in nature, super helpful. This plays out in the sense that like when we're stressed out, 
instead of trying to write another email or work on the proposal or whatever, like if we can pause and go for a walk outside for 30 minutes, or if you're a runner, go for a run, or if you're a surfer, go surfing, like whatever your thing is, when we get outside and we come back, we are significantly more effective and we're way more efficient. We think that we're not going to be as, as efficient because we're wasting time, not working, yeah. but that's not true. We, our brains are going to function better if we simply take a break in nature, extend the longer period of time that you're in nature, the more healing your brain and your body gets. Our bodies want to regulate closer to the earth versus being in buildings and around cars and everything that can be pretty stressful on our bodies. And the one caveat is, do you feel safe in nature? If you are in nature in a place that's stressful and you're afraid or maybe you're in Central Park at night or something and you don't want to be in this one sketchy area of it, and that's more stressful than it is healing. You know, like you have to feel safe. You also have to like not be in danger. There's a crazy thunderstorm and there's like a tornado coming in or something like it's not going to be helpful. <laughs> like take it for like the understanding of like being comfortable is also important. When they're outside, there's just something that happens. I think that's part of the mystery of it. And it's also part of our nature. As humans, we tend to separate ourselves from nature because we are the human. When in reality, we are nature. We are no different from the oak tree. There's an acorn that gets planted and that acorn doesn't ask how to grow. It just knows how to grow. Every human is planted. I'm going to use that metaphor. We know how to grow, but we have so much brain stuff that gets in the way that we think that we need to ask a million questions and we don't feel like we're correct and we don't follow what feels right. And that's not to say that asking questions and interacting with the world that way is bad. I don't want to like be black and white. I think the world, it's gray, it's brown, it's all sorts of things and weird colors. When we're interacting with nature, it's closer to where our bodies want to be. There's just something to be said for like so many of us are sleeping on concrete pads that are covered then with plywood that then have carpet or hardwood floor. And then we're sleeping on a bed that's on like a bed frame. And then we have a mattress and then it's us. As opposed to when we sleep like closer to the ground, I noticed for myself, like when I'm sleeping just on a sleeping pad, like right on the ground, there's a significant decrease in my anxiety. And I see that in my clients too. Like I've worked with people who have never camped a day in their life. Like they've never set up a tent. They've never slept on the floor or anything. And they come out and they're scared. They're nervous that they're going to like be eaten by a lion, which not going to happen, but <laughs> fair, fair yeah. mountain lions are kind of scary, but they're not going to come up to us. And within that, they sleep well, they get some of the best sleep of their lives. They feel the least anxious and they wake up just like super replenished. And it just works yeah. when we remember that we're nature, like I am a part of nature and so are you. And it's important to also have, like, we have all of our amenities. That's cool. And getting back to nature is really effective in helping us with our stress. <laughs> yeah. I live in Texas now, but I used to live in Seattle and I grew up, you know, camping, fishing, I'd go hiking and it always felt like a therapy session because mm -hmm. as you're climbing up the mountain, like maybe you you're talking to the person that you're climbing with, maybe you're not, maybe you're just thinking, but you process everything. And all of a sudden climbing that mountain becomes the analogy 
of what you're currently going through in your life. And once you get oh to the gosh. top, it feels like you've conquered everything. And it's like the nature just kind of brings you through the therapy session you needed, you know? Yeah. It's an endless metaphor. Literally everything in nature is just an endless metaphor. And it's such an effective way to do deep work. Like when we're diving into ourselves and we're really looking, like doing that soul searching, the earth holds us really well. Like when we're around our technology, all of a sudden, like we feel a gaze when we're around technology and when we're around a lot of other people. So then we're judging ourselves. Whereas when we're in nature and we're kind of calming down, the earth holds us and we're able to move through that emotion more effectively. Yeah. I love that. So what are some of the indicators that you're burnt out and you need to take some time away and detox? I get asked this a lot. And what I always say is everybody who's burnt out knows they're burnt out. I have never met somebody who is burnt out, who has no clue that they're burnt out. However, some signs you are sleeping poorly. You have no drive to exercise or really do anything. You're irritable. You have like sugar cravings. They're just cravings for things that you wouldn't typically do. Maybe you are self-medicating with more drugs or alcohol than usual. You're picking more fights. Those are like signs, I guess, of it. However, most people know that they're burnt out or they see somebody like when you see your girlfriend or your sister or something and they, we all know what that looks like. We're like, Ooh, sis, you are stressed. Like, let me take something off your plate. Like we naturally want to help in those moments. And I think something that is interesting is less about the signs and symptoms of burnout and more about the causes of burnout. I think the causes of burnout are a lot less understood because once we're already feeling it, like it's almost too late. But if we understand why we're feeling that and how we got there, it's a lot more effective for creating change in our lives and like figuring out better ways to kind of move about with, with our stress. There's three causes of burnout, which are talked about in the book by Amelia and Emily Nagowski. It's called Burnout, Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. It's like an incredible book. They are geniuses. I love them a lot. But the three main causes are emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and then a decreased sense of accomplishment. And those all manifest like, and make sense with the signs and systems, like a decreased sense of accomplishment. That's like when you're doing your work and it feels like it doesn't matter. It feels like nothing that you do could possibly matter. And of course that's going to burn you out. Depersonalization, like that's the depletion of empathy, caring, and compassion. That's when we're not even like associating with like the other people. And we're not even like giving that compassion anymore. That one is like really common in men. I think when men are really burnt out, they have a lot of depersonalization that they do. And then the last one, emotional exhaustion. This is the one that women get stuck in the most, more than anything, due to the way that we interact with women in our society. We are getting better and women interact with the world differently than men do. Like there's just no way around that, at least in 2021, maybe 60 years from now, it's going to look different. But currently we just put a lot of weight on women. And emotional exhaustion, that's getting stuck in an emotion. If we think about an emotion as a tunnel, you need to get to the other side to get to the light. But being stuck in the emotion is getting stuck in the middle of the tunnel. And that's exhausting. And what you need to do is to complete that emotional, that stress cycle, something to be able to get through to the other side of that emotion. And one of the main reasons that we don't fully feel an emotion sometimes is because it's not safe to or we're going to be seen as less than. We see this in business often with women. Women are not allowed to mess up in work. If we do, 
it puts us back a lot of steps. Or if we're emotional, all of a sudden you're not going to get your raise. One of my best friends, we were actually literally just talking about this yesterday. She got turned down for a raise because her boss told her she was too emotional about decisions, which is not true from my experience with her. And I even worked in that company with her. She was simply sharing her human experience, which is super relatable. Like I like having somebody who is willing to share their emotional experience, but we get boxed in. So then we can't, and it's not safe to feel that emotion. And then that buildup of it creates burnout when we're simply not completing our stress cycles. I love your analogies of all of that because it kind of helps to understand some of you know, the experiences that you have, especially that tunnel. I really like that description because if you're stuck in that kind of stress mode, you do have to kind of live that moment out, live that emotion out and Mm -hmm. yeah, snap yourself out of that. But again, you've got to be in an environment that you can do that. If you're in an office with tons of people, you can't get out of that cycle because you've got to have your guard up to a certain degree, especially if you're super stressed, because that's what's causing the stress. And so, yeah, it makes absolute sense that you would have to remove yourself from that place. And some people will go home and there's so much activity with their families and things that it's difficult mm-hmm. to even then they still, Exactly. And that's the point. That's the thing that women struggle with the most. Cause then once they get home, there's so many other responsibilities that they need to do. And there's so much pressure on being a good mom or a good wife, or just a good woman in general in our world. Like we also have to think about how we're going to look. I'm going to do my hair a certain way. I need to wear my makeup. I need to wear a certain type of shoes. There's so many things. And exercise isn't just exercising to feel good. It's exercising to look a certain way based on being told by our society that our body is wrong. Everything that we're doing is not correct. If you're tall and skinny, you're too skinny. If you're muscular, you're too muscular. If you're curvy, you're too curvy. Like there's just no way to satiate our society. And it makes sense. I mean, businesses and companies make bajillions of dollars off of women's insecurities. And that is the stuff that burns women out. It's not just the work. It's not just the jerk at work who said the crappy comment. It's also the dishes that need to be done and the kids screaming that they need a permission slip flunt signed and the husband asking where the laundry detergent is for the millionth time. And you can't believe he still doesn't know where it is. And then all of a sudden you want to fight with your husband, but you also have all these other things to do. What I want to say is like the working stereotypical mother, especially the badasses. Like there's people who are like, I know I work with women who are like running law firms and like top in their marketing. And like, they have all of these other things that they're also juggling. Whereas men are simply expected to do good at work. And they can screw up and it's not going to put them back a lot of steps. Honestly, they might just like, it's not even going to be considered. They're like, oh, he just screwed up. It's not a big deal. And then he's going to go home and not be expected to do the same amount of work, even if he does. There are tons of households where men do believe that they do similar amounts of work. And sometimes they do, sometimes they do more, but oftentimes it's equal or less than their partner their female counterpart. And I am talking kind of in binary terms. I just want to be aware of that. Like it doesn't have to look this way, but just because I'm using binary terms doesn't mean that that's the only way that a family unit or like a stress unit can look like. Yeah. Well, and you make a good point who I heard of this from, but somebody had said, you know, in the workplace, women always, and, and in their careers and all that have to explain how 
they're going to accomplish things. And men Mm -hmm. just have to explain their vision. They don't have to explain how they're going to get it done. And you look at small businesses. I heard on somebody from the shark tank that I saw online. He's like, I only invest in women owned businesses because those are the ones that always succeed. Because women work really hard. We work really hard. We have to prove ourselves. We have to tell you how we're going to accomplish everything. So we've got to have the plan. We can't just start something and not have a plan. And then I think the other thing is that women, we tend to value relationship more. Like that's one of our number one things. And so what does it take to build a good business? Relationships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it goes so much down to like an unknown social conditioning that we're all like interacting with like as women like we have just been conditioned for hundreds and thousands of years to be pretty and sweet and attentive to the needs of others and cute and all of the things so we are expected to interact that way and we also do that to ourselves as well which kind of sucks but we get stuck in like especially being attentive to others we're supposed to be calm too we can't be angry because that's not what we're supposed to do they're allowed to express their feelings and they just don't get as stuck in their stress cycle as women do and another point that I wanted to bring up is like why I focus on women why I work with women is not because men don't need what I do and how I work I just simply believe that if women aren't learning how to interact with their stress cycle and how to like get through it and how to deal with their burnout, it is significantly more detrimental to their finances, their life, their health than it is to men because women are going to lose their jobs. They're not going to get promoted as easily, like just so many things along those lines. It's just so much more detrimental to them. Yeah, definitely. You have an event that's called the Solitude Event. How long is the event and what can someone expect? The event is three days and the event is called Solitude and it basically is the wilderness solo experience that I have kind of spoken a little bit about. What you can expect from the three-day event is it is one, a complete digital detox. You don't have anybody dinging you. There's no expectations of you except for the ones that you put upon yourself. Like I don't expect anything from you, not nobody that I work with and everything is taken care of for you. We make it super easy to come out and be in nature. It's a complete reset. It is getting to the root cause of your burnout and your stress because the whole first day of the event, we base it around togetherness and intention. So with that, we come together as a group and I keep it small. I have two to five people in a group. And what that does is it allows each person to fully be seen. When we create big events, It doesn't allow each person to be seen as fully or to express as fully as I think is necessary when doing deep healing, especially in the structure that I've created. So that first day we have vulnerability groups. We go into some therapeutic groups. We also have yoga and meditation and we have like master classes on the wilderness. I teach you literally everything that you need to know to feel safe and secure out on your own spot for 24 to 30 hours. So that first night we spend it together. And after that first night, we wake up the next day. There's another yoga session. We have breakfast and then we go into opening ceremony. And I use ceremony as a word, but ceremony is simply creating intention around a space. It's focusing our intention. It's bringing ourselves to recognize that we're going to do something different. And it serves as a marker oftentimes in our society. And with that opening ceremony, we dive into whatever. I keep something secret, 
but we dive into like whatever we need to dive into. And then each person is put out in like their own location. So you're like maybe three, 400 yards away from where like we are in our base camp. And then you're separated enough from each other that you can't see each other. And what that does is it gives us the feeling of being in solitude and being alone. And with that, we get to, everything is still taken care of. Like all of your gear is there for you. We bring you a warm dinner at night and each person has the opportunity to be checked up on however many times that helps them feel safe. Most of the time people choose one time the first day and one time the second day. And once you're out there, you're just there. There are some resources if people choose to, but oftentimes it is the fresh breath, the And one of the things I like to say is it's the time that you've needed to listen to the quiet voice in us that has the answer that you're looking for. Oftentimes we're looking to a book to give us the right answer, or we're looking to a mentor to give us the right answer, or we're looking to a podcast. We're looking to something to give us the right answer, especially women, because we're taught that we're not correct, that we don't know the answer. We're supposed to ask for help. But oftentimes with the decisions that people are coming to or the things that people are struggling with, with their burnout and stress, they know the answer. They know what needs to change. And they simply have not had a second to breathe. And it's that breath, that exhale. And it's just such a comforting space for so many people. People, they think they're going to be afraid and they want more time. They're like, I want to be out there another whole day. And then the third day, we completely come off of solo. We They have like the first morning to complete their solo time. And then we take them off. And that last day is based around celebration and integration. How are you going to bring this into your life? What do you want to create change about? How do you want to celebrate what you just did? Like celebrating a solo experience is like the most important thing because it's so cool. So few people on the planet have done it, especially at this day and age. So it's a really powerful way. Everybody who comes back has their life changed hands down. I've never had somebody come back and be like, hmm, that sucked. I never want to do that again. And even if they did say that, then that's something to process over and talk about. But everybody comes back like just so glowing with the post-solo glow. It's beautiful. So that's a three-day event. All the food is taken care of, all the water, everything. And it's here in Southern Utah. It's gorgeous. So what are some of your client success stories? I love this question. And it's also a hard one to answer simply because it's really ambiguous, which every person who comes on solo, they're like, oh, I get why marketing is hard. This is a different thing. Like it's completely a new experience for so many people. One of my favorite stories is one of my clients, she basically came on, I was working with her beforehand on my, with my online course. So she had done most of my online course previous to coming out. So we had had one-on-ones been chatting quite a bit and she came out and she was thinking that she was going to quit her job. She thought that that was the only answer to healing her burnout was to quit her job. And that's what she thought she was going to do. She went out on solo and she realized that she doesn't need to quit her job. What she needs to do is interact with her job differently. She needs to take care of herself more. She needs to be putting herself first. And one of the more recent things I said to her was be the boss to yourself like you are to everybody else. Like she oversees a bunch of people. Would you allow them to bring their work phone to go and meet their baby niece for the first time? No, you wouldn't. That is terrible. When you're going to see your baby niece, you should be there fully with them. And that's what you would want for them. So when you're going to go do that, you should also leave your work phone at home. And that's a really hard thing. 
for a lot of the women that I work with to do is to leave their work phone at home. And she did it. And she felt so empowered and so strong. And it's just so amazing. It's like this glow of her putting herself first means that she's trusting herself more. And when she trusts herself more, it means that everybody around her is trusting her more. It's like all of a sudden, all of her colleagues were like, man, like this job's opening up. You should definitely apply. Like they were think, like, they know how powerful she is and they want her to step up. And that doesn't come from her trying to please other people. That comes from her trying to please herself and her trusting that she knows what needs to happen. And I just, ah, man, other people have like found out like when they're on solo, they like really feel solidified in their values and like know what they've been like in between careers and they know what career they want to move on to. It's a really beautiful thing seeing women listen to their inner voice and just become so empowered. Like also it's really empowering being in the wilderness. It's super cool. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, I'm one of those people that tends to, you know, feel a lot and connect with nature. And I feel, I don't know, like there's a certain just sense that you get that, like we kind of talked about it, that it's energizing and just looking at the trees and the stars and whether it's the stars out in the sky or you're at the ocean and you're looking at this expansive ocean and you're standing there and you're small it always makes me feel like, wow, I'm not in control of anything. And this whole mm -hmm. thing is bigger than me. And, you know, it's like a spiritual experience. I always think, you know, wow, God's in control of absolutely everything. And I can let go. Mm -hmm. It's this massive ocean is here of all these stars. And, you know, like, this is so much bigger than me. How could I mm -hmm. not just relax right now? <laughs> yeah. And I think what's beautiful is you don't even have to believe in God for that to be relevant. Like you can just believe in the earth. Like when you interact with the earth and you're out there and you're seeing the universe and you're looking up at the stars and you're like, if you don't go into an existential crisis, which is possible. My sister used to do that. What was it? She'd always freak out and say, what's beyond space? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of scary. I try not to dive too far in. So much about the idea that like the earth is fine. You're just on a planet. We're just figuring it out. Nobody has a clue what's going on. There's a lot of people who pretend like they have a clue what's going on. Not a single person on the planet has a clue what's going on. And that's really humbling and like healing to me. Like, it's like, oh, it's fine. Nobody knows, especially with social media and our technology. We think that people know, but they don't. They're still struggling with their own stuff. Everybody's got their own problems. And being in nature really reminds us of that. Yeah, everything just working and being alive and it continues and it's bigger than us. It's so powerful just to be in that environment. So what do you think your truth has been that has gotten you this far in your journey? My truth is that I listen to myself. I do what feels right. And I, most of the time, try not to take too many people's opinions into consideration, honestly. And what that does for me is it allows me to feel into my body and do what it needs. I love to be outside. I love to rock climb. I love to hike and be with my dog and be around my friends and be in nature. Like all of those things are what's so important. And I believe that when I am most effective in my coaching, in my business, in my relationship, in everything in life, when I am doing what I love to do. And what I love to do is I love to be outside. I'm not in business for business, I think is the reality. I love changing people's lives. I love working with them. It's super inspiring. 
And at the end of the day, it's really about me having time for me. I get to create my own schedule. I get to go climb mountains in the summer and I get to go on climbing trips. I get to go visit my family in Hawaii. I get to be on my own schedule. And that is so important for my truth. And maybe it won't be like that forever. But right now, like it gets to be like that. And that's what's really cool. And when I listen to myself, everything works out. As long as I don't focus too much on my anxiety, you know, I'm anxious. I've recently realized that I'm probably a more anxious person than the average person. (laughs) And that's okay, but it doesn't have to rule my life. I can be like, oh, maybe I don't have to lean into that anxiety. Maybe that thing is fine. And I'm just going to let go of the fact that this isn't perfect and go for a hike or go for a run or do something to move my body. Yeah, definitely. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? This is a really hard question for me because I feel really pleased with how I started business. I think if anything, it would be to not take everything so seriously, especially around like the year mark. Around a year into running my business, I was getting super anxious and super stressed out and like fully struggling a lot with like my own mental health. And that was really hard. And I was taking everything a little too seriously. I was taking everybody else's, you know, we get a lot of no's in entrepreneurship. You have a lot of people who say no, and it's totally okay that they're saying no. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about, it's not the right time for them to do this like experience. And I also have a weird thing that I do. Yeah. My advice to myself would be to not take everything so seriously. I think that's good advice because we tend to put tons of pressure on ourselves to do everything and to do everything right. And to do everything now. I think that Mm -hmm. I've talked to so many people, including myself, that when you're an entrepreneur, you're working with yourself and you have limited resources. The reality is, is that you can only focus on one thing at a time. And there may be like one or two major things that you should focus on. That's going to give you the biggest ROI. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of things you've got to just let go. And I deal with that as well. And there's certain things in my business that even from a marketing perspective, I'm a marketer and I do marketing for people, but there's certain things in my business, even from a marketing perspective that I don't do, or maybe I could do better, but that's not the priority right now. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I'm so grateful. I just have a really powerful group of friends around me that really helped me a ton when I was starting out. One, I've got like a friend, he's got this amazing sales coaching business based out of San Francisco. And he's been in business for almost a decade now. And he's been building his business for a long time. And I knew nothing about sales. And I asked him just like one question. And he was like, how about I get you a free ticket to this workshop that I'm going to be speaking at? And it was like this three-day event that was like, a high ticket value. And at the beginning of starting my business, I was broke as a joke. Like I didn't have money to be like spending three grand on anything. Like I was also getting married soon. Like money was tight. And he was like, here, I'll get you the free ticket. You just get here. And that event truly did change the entire projection of my working. Like I didn't know I had to like sell my product until I was there. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to sell this to somebody. (laughs) And I realized, I was like, people charge this much for things like this. And I just learned so much really quickly in three days. And that was really, really effective. So I've had really great people that have been in my life, truly a blessing. And I don't use that word very often. So, so you have the online course and the wilderness experience. Can you tell us a little bit about like how people can access those and what's the best way to reach you and get in contact with you? Absolutely. So 
the online course, it's a six week online course that is basically called the burnout root cause course. And it's a do it on your own at home version of the three day event in some ways. We do deep intentional therapeutic work within that course, as well as I teach you about hard skills, about the wilderness, how to go camping in different environments and a bunch of other skills, how to make fire, super fun stuff. And this course also has individualized meditations and visualizations and worksheets, things like that. It has tons of information in there, as well as you have the opportunity for one-on-one coaching within those six weeks. So if you sign up for the six-week course, we have those six weeks that I will do a one-on-one session with you while you're at the end of each week, which is just a really effective way of really reflecting that information. And you can find all of that information. It's like got its own little tab on my website, groundingsource.com. And at groundingsource.com, you can go click on the online course. You can like even read through all the stuff, see if it feels right. And then you can just pay for it right there. And it's super easy. Technology blows my mind these days. I remember when I learned, I was like, oh, I can do it very easily. This is great. So yeah, and then the best way to get in contact with me, especially with if you're super interested in the solitude event, the last one for the fall this year is October 28th through the 30th. And then it's going to be going into next spring around March. There's a button at the top of my website that just says sign up for a call. And you can just sign up for a call with me and we can chat about where you're at in your life, like where your burnout, where your stress is, and like if it feels right. It's like a no pressure, no problem situation. It's just like, let's get to know each other and see if coming out into the wilderness is going to be a really powerful experience for you. And yeah, so you can contact me there on my website or if you're on Instagram, I love people jumping into my DMs just at grounding source. It's a really easy handle and yeah, come say, Hey, let me know. Send me a message, comment on a video that resonates or whatever. But yeah, catch me there. I love hanging out on Instagram. I try not to be on there too much because it can be anxiety provoking. So if you are friends with me, you might find me and your scrolls telling you to stop scrolling. So I often make little videos that say, stop scrolling. It's stressing you out. Go outside. And everybody's, I have so many friends who are like, Marissa, you popped up in my reels and you told me to stop scrolling and you were right. I had been scrolling for like an hour. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to get lost. So easy. I know. <laughs> so easy. I do it too. I definitely get stuck. Me and my husband, like when one of us walks in on the other person who's been scrolling, it's like, we look up and we're like, I got stuck. Sorry. (laughs) I got stuck. I love that. So I'll also put all those links down below for those that are listening. And Marissa, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise and what you offer. I think that it's unique, but it's also something that is really needed for many people. It's truly an amazing thing. And I'm so grateful to be on here and to get the word out to more people because it is such a life-changing experience. I love seeing people have the experience. So thank you so much for having me on here. This is super fun. Yes. And if you are listening, you want more information about A Call to Thrive, you can go to acalltothrive.com. Thank you everyone. And have a-